This week on the Agency X podcast, I met with Adam Gardner from Route talking about how brand communication during the post-purchase experience is now more important than ever during COVID-19. Starting with that, talking about, you know, how D2C brands can navigate through like this whole global crisis and sort of factoring in on the post-purchase experience. What's sort of like your thought on what brands should be doing right now for that? I think right now what we're seeing is that there's so many things that you can't control in the supply chain and, you know, delivery and having people, you know, uh, you know, come to you that right now it's really got to come down to just focusing on what can I control? What can I communicate? How can I stay in touch with my customers? Um, I think I'd heard Mark Cuban say that the way companies treat their people right now will define them for years, if not decades to come and how they handle this. And I think there's a similar vein in there with maintaining relationships with our customers. If we as brands go totally quiet during a time like this and don't offer any value, don't do anything to, to help our shoppers. And then we come back when everything's good and start hitting them with the ads, say, Hey, come shop with us, come get these things you love. I think that's that's not going to be met with the type of excitement that we might imagine when things go back to normal. But if we can be proactive, we can communicate, say, hey, we care about you. If we're on your mind, if you want to shop with us, here's how we're doing things. Get that information out there, right? And make it very clear that you're thinking about them, that, that you know, you're controlling the communication that you can during that time. So that relationship stays warm and, and stays good, if not grows and becomes better over yeah. this time. Yeah, no, I I pretty much agree with that. I think overall is what, what people are realizing or brands are realizing is that people, for the most part, you know, they don't necessarily care or not all of them care if brands care about them in terms of like just words. But I definitely think actions, you know, certainly speak louder. I feel like in every case, that's that's true. So what I've seen a couple of brands uh, actually do is for, you know, some grocery brands, like there's this one coffee brand, uh, Bones Coffee, and they sell like, uh, like both in store and online. And they're actually running sales and promos of like a, it's like a, I think the promo code's like stay at home and you get like 30% off uh, three coffees or something, but they're actually rewarding people for shopping online versus in store. Like they're saying, hey, don't go outside, don't risk it, don't buy your stuff, you know, in these stores, you know, you, we want you guys to be safe. And so we want you guys to buy online with us. And I think that's a really salient point that brands can do is to make sure that when they are offering value to their customers during these times, in that it's, is that it's genuine. You know how some brands, you know, it may come across as like, like random. I, I, this just is a, just off the top of my head. This might be not, not a, great example but it's like you know oh with everything going on like 50 percent off like fireworks this week only it's like <laughs> oh, i don't know why a firework brand would get involved i don't know what the relevance is with that like the promotion right. has to match the promotion has to match the message well and i think i think like with anything else ultimately brands succeed when they're not thinking about themselves right when we're looking at the value that we can add to others when we're looking at um really just what we can do, what we can provide for others, it really becomes magnified 
right now and amplified right now, you may not be the type of company that has the resources to suddenly repurpose your manufacturing to produce ventilators. You may not be the type of company that has a bunch of fabrics and materials that you could suddenly repurpose into making masks and other PPE for uh, medical professionals, the way that, you know, some of these, these Jersey companies and, um, you know, uh, I mean like sports jerseys, right. That have repurchased repurposed or uh, fashion and apparel brands. Those may not be resources that you have, but I like the example of the coffee shop, right. Uh, of saying, Hey, don't go buy this in the store. Like we know that you need your coffee. We know you need stuff at homes. So we will incentivize you to do that. But that's thinking about them, right? People aren't going to stop drinking coffee during a sign. Yeah. We're, we're probably all drinking a little bit more of it in a, in a time like this. But again, yeah, they're not being predatory, right? We're not saying like, can you survive this crisis without your coffee? Right? Like you can't live without us. Get, yeah. You know, and then some dumb promo, like at 5% off when you, and you know, something that's not really that big of a reward and not doing that much. These guys are really going above and beyond. And I think we can get really creative. We've seen so many companies step up, but you don't have to try to put the world on your shoulders, right? You do not have have to be an Elon Musk who goes and buys a surplus of ventilators and donates them, right? We don't have those resources. We don't have those connections, but we can find absolute ways that, that we can provide value. And that's what customers see. Even if you aren't converting, you know, major sales during that time, I, I guess I can't stress enough that this should not be like sleight of hand trying to say, I'm going to make it look like I'm doing something good so that you will buy more stuff from yeah. me. It, it has to be just how can I help the world using what I have? And I think if, if we take a second and think about it, you know, constraint breeds creativity. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for companies to find really meaningful, creative ways to turn their business in a way to add value right now um, in a way that they'll be able to build and maintain relationships that they would not be able to do outside of these circumstances. No, for sure. And I think especially with these times, like a crisis, like outside of a virus, there's also things like a recession and, you know, shortages. And I think a lot of brands are also realizing as far as a, you know, manufacturing standpoint that as far as like their supply chain, they have to, you know, diversify that because something that's being very problematic now for a lot of brands is they can't get products made uh, you know, because either they're overseas or even if they are domestic, like, for example, I know a couple brands that have their manufacturing in New York that can't get anything made. And it's about being very open to that to the consumer. And instead of necessarily just shutting down the operation, there's probably other ways for you to keep going with, you know, your business somehow, either with like a like a fire sale, if you do have stuff on hand or other ways, of just communicating that saying, Hey, being really honest, we don't have a lot of inventory right now and there's a lot of things going on. So just so you know that orders that you make will be, you know, they may take a little bit a little bit longer than they might normally. So what we've done is we've decided to waive shipping, you know, for, you know, to make up for like that inconvenience and I think that's a great way for brands to turn that negative into a positive. Yeah. And this, this is a more universal message, right? We're in a very specific crisis right now, but this much yeah. like burned down or something like that. And you're dealing with this problem, right? It could be wartime, right? When a geography that you depend on, um, has some, you know, political unrest or there's, there's some issue that breaks down this, this isn't only narrowly focused on what we're dealing with right now. And so I think these are important lessons, but yeah, in, in those situations, you've got to be transparent because the news spreads, right? News is going to get out that that factory burned down or that we're in war or that the geography that you depend on uh, in your supply chain 
has, has issues right now and you can't operate it at normal speeds, it's going to get around. And so for you to act like nothing's wrong and not change anything in your communication, that's actually the weirdest thing that you can do. Right. <laughs> I think, I think the best way that you can blend in is, is embrace it, admit, say, Hey, we are dealing with some unprecedented circumstances here. Here's what we are doing. But the more that you can actually notify to your customers, here's what's happening. Here's how we're affected. here's what we're doing about it and if that news is we've got to shut our doors for the time being fine communicate that to your customers because the last thing i want as a customer is to not know that go try to find you and then be met with that when i think that i can go make a purchase from you or i can go engage with you um, in some way if you can proactively notify me i mean that's that's ultimately all we want is we want the information we want to know how we can operate and it's the surprises um, that are, that are no sure. Fun. It's like reading, it's like, yeah, it's like reading the room essentially where yeah. you shouldn't, you should say, you should say something, but not, you know, not too much or not the wrong thing. Cause there's definitely a right and wrong way to go about this. Yeah. And um, I think that the, the sooner you can update them too, the more human you're going to look, you're, you're going to actually be right. If, if I don't update my website, I don't update my communications to me even if I like go make a purchase and everything seems to appear normal, that tells me that maybe there's not humans running this thing. It's just this whole automated robotic process that, you know, it's like unaffected by this. And I, I, I'd actually like to see a human element behind it. If you can even just jump in and say, Hey, we're aware of what's going on with, you know, a, a given circumstance. Um, so far our business operations remain normal. We're looking forward to, um, you know, engaging with you or, or you know, uh, assisting your shopping experience, whatever that might be for, for your line of business. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it, it would, for me, raise some, some bells and maybe not alarms or red flags, but I, I definitely raise an eyebrow and wonder why haven't they even updated their page or their communications to inform me how they're dealing with this. I think we all dealt with that. I think, you know, I saw plenty of the memes and the tweets going around about how all of our inboxes two weeks ago were flooded with every corporation that we've ever dealt with, with here's how we're handling, um, you know, yeah. the, the pandemic. Right. And, and as funny as that is like, to me, you know, companies need to communicate that. And to me, that says that we expect it as customers. And I, I read the ones that really applied to me. I looked to see like, oh, okay, how does this affect what you're doing and how severely affected are you by that? But, but yeah, as consumers, we expect that information and uh, we shouldn't wait for consumers to ask for us to sell them. Yeah. We can, we can get out ahead of that. Yeah. And what you brought up is actually a really good point because something some brands have had, you know, some hesitation towards is having like a repeat message with the thought, you know, the thought process of, Oh, you know, what's the point of saying something if, you know, all these other brands, they're all saying the same thing, but the reality of that is you ultimately want to reach the people that are going to care about you the most. It doesn't matter if 10 people are getting, you know, you know, this is how it's, this is how we're responding to COVID. They're going to read the ones from the brands that, you know, they care the most about. So that shouldn't stop brands from trying to, you know, enter the conversation. It's not about trying to beat out other brands. It's about offering value to the customers who, are the most loyal to you. Right. Because I mean, take like one example, um, you know, I can touch on this in greater detail, but one example is all like the food, you know, restaurants, all the places I have like loyalty punch cards with, you know, digital or otherwise, those are ones that I'm very interested in, right? Like what are the pizza places doing for no contact delivery, right? What are you doing in the kitchen? Um, you know, what are you doing to actually prepare this safely? What other options have you added? Um, 
but yeah, I didn't read all of them. And if one that I do engage with regularly wasn't sending me those messages while everybody else was. Right. And that's the risk that a brand shouldn't take with that. Exactly. Yeah. What is route doing, especially to kind of help brands, you know, manage the, you know, the post-purchase communication regarding like tracking and shipping? Has it modified operations at all? Or is there any kind of like messaging that, you know, your platform has to, to kind of give people sort of an ease, ease of mind? Yeah, I think, I think the unique circumstance that we're in right now is that, um, the value that route provides is actually valuable regardless of these circumstances, right? Whether the economy and, and the world situation is good or it's bad, you still need to proactively communicate to your customers what's going on with their order after they check out. Right? We spend all this time making sure that they have an amazing experience, getting to the site, finding what they're looking for, reviewing it. We provide social proofs and reviews for them to uh, get confidence. They make the checkout process, they go through it. But then from there, we can't just pass the baton over to the shipping company because at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, if the customer doesn't get it or it's not in, in a condition that's acceptable, it's ultimately up to the brand to fix that. The shipping company can't do it. And so I, I, I think these are the types of things where you need to put policies and automation in place to make this as easy as possible for customers. But again, that applies whether times are good or times are bad. But especially right now, if I'm a business owner and I'm looking for ways that I can try to control the things that I can control in a time where there's a lot of things that I can't control, route can absolutely come in there. So to give you a quick picture of what we do from the post-purchase experience, we have a tool set both to the merchant as well as to consumer that allows customers to have an automated way to resolve any of those issues if something goes wrong in shipping. So if it's lost, damaged, or stolen, um, and stolen off their porch or out of their mailbox before they get it, Route's a tool set that can integrate with any e-commerce platform. So the customers have the option to add some additional protection to their order, typically for about 1% um, of their cart total or a minimum of, of 98 cents. And in the event that that happens, the customer doesn't even need to pick up the phone. They don't need to try to write an email or send that off to the brand to, to tell them what went wrong. There's no, you know, taking pictures of, of the box or reaching out to the shipping company. They just go through an automated process where they, they click a few links um, sorry, I click a link in their email and tap their phone a few times and route will purchase a replacement for them within 24 hours um, to be sent out to them. Um, along with that, in order to make sure that that package arrives or give them that information, consumers can download an app and brands can encourage uh, their, their shoppers to download the route app, which will automatically track all of their shipments in one place without them even having to copy and paste the tracking number. Um, so that you can have route automatically tie into those shipping companies, APIs and update your customers through push notifications where their stuff is at any given time. Um, we're actually seeing about two or three times the engagement in our app compared to just emails that are sent out uh, with tracking information. And so it's giving brands uh, a huge relief in the pressure of people calling and asking, where is my order? Has it shipped yet? Is it out for delivery? When am I supposed to expect this? I want to know if I need to be home. We can basically just push that through the app so that not just your shipment, but all shipments right there in one place um, are, are notified to them. So we're, we're taking a big burden off the teams, but it's adding a ton of value to customers because customers know in the moment where their stuff is because they're getting those push notifications. Uh, it's not just a tracking email that's, that's buried in there with, you know, 
a hundred other emails from brands uh, explaining what they're doing in, in this time. Sure. So it's not just the, the main benefit of, oh, like shipping insurance, you know, if I lose my package, I'll just, you know, I'll get reimbursed for it. But it's really just giving everyone that ease of mind and, you know, making them feel more comfortable with their overall purchase along the way. And it takes a lot of the heat off of the actual brand from answering yeah. a lot of questions that you do for them, which is because saving time. I think that's something that a lot of brands don't realize is super critical is the value gained from saving time, which I think those kinds of automations really impact. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you think about anything that drives value, right? And and one of the big ones is time saving, right? Um, really where routes differentiating is, is, yeah, there's plenty of other ways to insure packages, right? They've been around for hundreds of years as long as we've, you know, had cargo insurance, right? Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, shipping companies provide tracking updates. Really where route comes in uh, to provide a lot of value is putting that all together in one solution so that I can proactively track my order. I don't have to dig through my email. I don't have to go find that tracking number. I don't have to pin that email at the top so that I can voluntarily go back and reopen it and, and get back to us. Once that email comes in and route picks up the tracking number, I can just get those notifications and be told where it is at any point in time. And then certainly open it up and, and get some greater details on that. Um, but then along with that, you know, this, this is all answering the question of where is my order, right? Or WISMO yeah. right? as it's called the industry, right? Um, is that, is that really the acronym? Yeah, Wismo. Yep. Wismo. <laughs> yep. So those those Wismo <laughs> inquiries, I can eliminate those if I can proactively communicate stuff, and I can communicate that a lot better if it's not just getting hit into an inbox. That I mean, you know as well as I do that email open rates are terrible. That's that's a tough world to yeah. compete in. So we essentially put a microphone uh, against those emails so that they become amplified. They become, you know, top of mind for the customers. It's, it's, it's visible for them just through the app. But then if the answer to that question, where is my order, is ever a bad one, like, well, it's broken or it's lost or it was delivered, but it got stolen before you got it. We also have the tool set to be able to resolve those. And like you said, not just resolve it in the way that you expect to resolve it in insurance where I've got to fill out a big form. I've got to talk to a bunch of different parties. I've got to prove through some level of investigation that I'm not trying to, you know, be fraudulent, uh, in my claim, we essentially take all of that away and basically say, Hey, we're really sorry to hear that. That sucks. Thanks for adding route to your order in the first place. Just go through this automated process and more than 90% of the time they're going to automatically be approved for a replacement. Um, the only time we need greater investigation is if we are detecting some, some fraudulent behaviors, uh, in there. And so it's just, it's making it as easy as possible. I compare it recently. So my car got totaled um, a little over a month ago. And it, it was a good example for me in dealing with insurance because this is a policy that I paid for. This is a policy that I owned. There was no question about um, the rights that I had on my, my insurance policy. But holy smokes, the amount of effort that I had to put in <laughs> actually getting that resolved was crazy, right? And, and compared to other insurance companies, I think this, this, uh, insurance provider of the, the vehicle that was responsible for it, um, you know, I, I think relative to some others, they probably did a relatively good job, but in the consumer mind, consumer's mind, those benchmarks aren't good enough. I don't care what somebody else's experience was getting it resolved. I care about how quickly you can get me taken care of. And so you may be the best in the industry at resolving issues quickly for a customer, but it'll never be faster than like tap, tap, tap. Great. We've just purchased you a new one. It's on the way. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Once you've had that convenience, it's hard to go back to, you know, the more standard processes that make you realize why was it, why wasn't it this easy to begin with? Yeah. I, I mean, so I remember at uh, Disneyland recently, they've had fast passes for a while where you can go, you know, pick, pick up a, a ticket that tells you to come back at a certain time and you can, you can go into the short line, right? Almost skip the line. Well, I think a year or two ago, they introduced something where you could pay an extra 10 or 20 bucks and then you could request those fast passes from your phone anywhere in the park. I didn't even have to go walk over to the attraction to get the printed ticket and then come back later. Right. And you better believe I paid that 10 bucks on every member of my family that needed a ticket um, so that we could skip the line and we could just decide where we wanted to go, request the jump the line ticket and go get it. And yeah, it cost me a little bit more, but for that experience of not having to wait in, in that big long line for those big main attractions was totally worth it. I would have paid double for it. Right. And I already paid to get in. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's that same mentality that the consumers have with route. Yeah. I'm already buying something. Yeah. I'm already paying for shipping, but we, we want that white glove experience. We want something better. And I want the confidence to know that if something goes wrong, there's an automated way for me to take care of it, independent of world circumstances, independent of a crisis, independent of anything else. If I know there is a policy in place and there is an option that I don't even have to worry about calling and asking to speak with the manager or trying to share a sob story or exerting any extra effort, I will absolutely pay a little bit to, to get that experience if it means that type of, of confidence at checkout. Yeah. And do you think that's a sh that's a shift that's going to see you're going to see more of because of COVID is that people are going to be willing to pay a little bit more for these conveniences and better experiences? Um, I think right now it's it's less of a luxury. Um, I, I certainly see how it could be perceived as a luxury and, and certainly where I just shared the Disneyland example. That's definitely yeah. a luxury situation <laughs> going to Disneyland in the first place, let alone paying for a special treatment. <laughs> but um no, that's, that's the interesting thing we're seeing about it is it's less of the luxury and it's more of just the confidence. Like right now, the last thing I want to deal with is some not showing up for all of us who are shopping online right now, we are dealing with delayed deliveries, right? You get on Amazon one and two day shipping is gone. doesn't happen anymore right now. Right. At least for the time being, um, let alone you go anywhere else, anywhere else that pushes for those two or three shipping windows, they're pushed out to like five or seven days, at least by my experience and, and just by the, the experiences are shared from, from my connections. And so as I think about just the uncertainty of that and going back to, you know, five, 10 years ago of having to wait five to seven days for something, the last thing I want is to wait that extra amount of time and then find out that there's something wrong with it, or then find out that some jerk was taking advantage of this pandemic situation, following the Amazon truck, like he does at Christmas time and stealing it off my porch before I get it, even while I'm sitting at home. Right. And so we're, we're seeing customers continue to choose to add route um, to their orders, the, the route plus shipping protection. And I believe that's because we don't need any more stress. We don't need any more uncertainty. And yeah, we've become accustomed to paying for a better experience, but it's, it's not about getting the luxury of that experience. It's just about getting the guarantee of getting the stuff that I paid for. I don't care if it's a $10 order or a $200 order. I don't want to deal with the stress of trying to call your company who is probably lower staffed right now due to um, social distancing and everything like that. My confidence that that issue will be resolved right now is not high. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and so that's I think that's that's the peace of mind that we're giving folks is is the confidence that 
I know you have fewer people working right now because they all got to be six feet apart and, and fewer than 10, uh, you know, in a grouping. Um, I, I, I certainly can't rely on, on those being really snappy, quick operations to, to get my, my issues resolved. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've kind of noticed that too, especially when for my own purchases with whenever I get like a tracking code, especially if I buy off like a Shopify site, I will constantly be checking that, you know, tracking. But ever since that one item that I purchased just through and have, you know, and had added route to it, I haven't even checked the app at all because overall it's, I have in my own head when it's probably going to arrive. And if it doesn't arrive by then, then I can look to see like what's up. But because I'm just so, because I am pretty certain that you know, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be updated and taken care of. I don't feel that compulsion to recheck it every now and again, which is great because that, you know, that saves me time and that takes a lot of stuff off my plate for that, for my own neuroticism. Yeah, and I, so. yeah I, I think I don't want to call them old school, but there's definitely a, a previous generation of, of customer experience mentality where customers love the personal touch. We love to talk to the human being. We love to know that our, our opinion is heard, that we're a valued customer. This current generation doesn't care about that as much, <laughs> right? Not when it comes to customer experience, right? We care about, I mean, we're, we're a generation of introverts, right? We joke about like, you know, making plans for the weekend until they come up and it's time to go. And then we're like, ooh, I yeah. actually don't want to do that, right? Um, and so what customers value right now is, is automation and getting things taken care of. We've made it so easy for us to log in and purchase something. Uh, there's so many online sellers that have seen uh, increases in sales just due to people being home, sitting on their phones and their laptops, buying more stuff. And we've made it so easy. Over the years, we've also made it easy to cancel those subscriptions. Gone are the days of, of you know, of sending people, giving them the runaround and trying to make it hard to cancel. What we're seeing now is the emergence of customers expecting to be able to take care of issues in the middle of those two stages automatically. I want to be able to shop independently and buy it. I want to be able to cancel what I'm doing, like a subscription or something like that, independently without having to explain to your customer support team. But there's also these situations in the middle where lost, stolen, damaged, stolen, damaged packages. I those by myself too, right? I want to find a way to, to be able to resolve that. I don't want to have to do something totally different to resolve an issue than what I did to initiate this business relationship that we have and what I would need to do to end a business relationship. And, and that's what, what customers value. So in a time like this, where circumstances are unclear, automate what you can control, right? Automate communication, automate status updates about their orders, automate order resolution in the ways that we've just described. Check out route for that. Um, and then automate engagement. One of the interesting things that routes done is, is within that app is we've created a new channel for brands and consumers to engage with each other. So, you know, you imagine I have paid my money for an order. It's on its way. I'm being updated with its status. We're seeing people open the app seven times per package or tracking. That is a hyper engaged individual compared to the average, maybe two, two and a half opens of an email with a tracking number. This is somebody who's very excited to get, um, you know, what they paid for, very anxious uh, to get what they paid for. And we've created a, a channel in there where brands can create a brand profile, very similar to what you do with social media. So that as a user is hyper-engaged tracking that package, you've got an opportunity to continue to engage with them. And that's an automated way. We don't need to be, um, you know, sending them more emails. We don't need to be trying to reach out to them only through those channels. 
you've got an additional place where you've got some very attentive eyeballs uh, paying attention to that order um, where you can absolutely uh, cross promote, um, upsell, get them back, tell them more about your mission and what you're doing um, outside of just sales and business. Um, and that's, that's more engagement that you can, you can automate. So in times like this, when your time and energy need to be focused on things that only you as a human being can do, the rest of these things can still be automated and provide an amazing experience. Yeah, because ultimately after this whole situation is sort of, you know, under control and things returned to normal, a lot of these consumers, they may not remember the specifics of what a brand helped them with or how they helped them. But because they have that, you know, memory that, oh, this is a really seamless experience. They got what I needed or they resolved something really quickly and without like any issue, they're going to remember that and they're going to return to that brand for other things because ultimately they remember, well, I hope I don't have a problem with them again, but if I do, I know I'm not going to have to worry about it. And so I'm going to be more confident in giving them my money versus a competitor. Exactly. And that's the amazing thing we're seeing about route is, is we're really just fertilizer for the brands, yeah. so to speak, <laughs> where, yeah, people love route. They appreciate that routes taking care of them, but that love goes back to the brand, right? When somebody's added route to an order, it goes missing and route replaces it. The consumer loves the brand more as a result of it for having that option in place. Um, and that goes a long way. Those are the types of stories that they will tell their friends and family about be like, Oh my gosh, this thing got stolen off my porch. I have the video on my doorbell camera of this jerk stealing it off my porch and, and running away. Um, totally not anybody's fault, but the thief, but these guys are awesome. They have this thing route on their, their thing. I, I checked out with it um, in the process and they sent me a new one. Like they didn't even give me a hassle. Like it was crazy. Those are, those are experiences that most brands have never been able to offer before because let's face it, not every brand can afford to just give away replacements every time something goes yeah, wrong no, for sure. in, in shipping. Um, that's just not, it, it's not feasible. Um, the, the way that most brands are built, unless you have, you know, killer margins and that's awesome. Great. But, um, but yeah, those are, those are experiences they don't forget and they absolutely come back and they're like, yeah, I'm totally shopping with that brand again. And we love being that, that facilitator of those experience, but that's, that's essentially what we're doing is we're almost guaranteeing that anytime a situation goes wrong with shipping, it will be turned into a positive experience for your customers so that you're no longer looking at those situations as uh, how impactful are those now they are impactful, but in a very good way, right? It's not the negative impact I'm worried about in shipping breakdowns. It's if I've got route and I know that most of my customers are, are adding it, I have a lot of confidence that those situations are going to be turned into good ones. And you don't have to dig into very complex research to see that if you can take a bad situation and turn it into a good one for the customer, that customer becomes more loyal than if nothing ever went wrong at all. In the first place. Yeah, no, for sure. And so as sort of like a closing question that I've been trying to float around a lot is how do you think e-commerce is going to change forever by COVID-19? Because I definitely think it will. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, a couple of things. Um, I think, um, you know, the, the most obvious one is all these options for contactless delivery. Um, you know, once I got all the notifications about what brands are doing to be safe and comply with, with measures with COVID-19, then I started to get the measures, uh, the emails with measures of, Hey, here's how we're making this convenient for you. Here's how we're helping you. Here's how we're doing more. 
And it's been fascinating for me to see um, how many people are now engaging in the contactless delivery. How can I drop this off in a, a safe way that allows you to pick it up without interacting with the delivery person, right? Whether that's for food or, or for physical goods, et cetera. And so I, I'm not going to say that I have the foresight to say exactly how that's going to change, but I think these, these forced solutions that we're finding, I think there will absolutely be lasting effects of that, of finding different ways that we prefer to receive the things that we buy, different ways to pick up. You know, it's like you got a good chunk of restaurants who have engaged with Uber Eats, DoorDash, you know, Postmates and things like that. But how many of these places are now offering free delivery without a third party, right? And say, no, 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 we'll, we'll just take care of it. We'll bring it to you. If you will, you know, buy the food, we'll, we'll bring it to you. And I think, I think that's forced us into, um, to just kind of seeing what's possible and seeing what some of those consumer preferences really are, instead of just dealing with what the status quo has been. Do you want two day delivery or do you want five day delivery? Well, what if there were three other things? that I could choose uh, in the course of that. Um, so I don't know that necessarily the emphasis will be on a contactless delivery in the sake of, you know, sanitation and, and health or, or anything like that. Um, but I think between that and, and seeing how well companies can thrive working from home and working socially distant, um, I, I think we'll get a lot of confidence in our ability to work remotely. Um, and I think we'll see some really interesting delivery options that stick around um, even when the necessity to socially distance ourselves. Yeah, I think as from a work perspective, definitely a lot of people are seeing that, you know, you can work from home and that, you know, it really isn't a big impact if whether you're in an office or whether you're working from your bedroom. And there's definitely the case where, you know, maybe that meeting can actually be an email. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw that tweet that says I guess we're about to find out which of those meetings really could have just been yeah. up for the meeting. Um but ultimately I think I think what, what Route's doing had been um you know really impactful and and uh and really forward thinking before. But again, right now it's not about a luxury. It's not about the luxury of, of having an order replacement. It's about the necessity of getting the stuff that we buy. And we accept that there's delivery breakdowns and I think that's absolutely something that's gonna stick around is uh is just the customer's expectations that even in crisis circumstances if you're going to keep your doors open we still expect um to be taken care of i mean almost more than ever right like it's crazy circumstances for the consumers as well as it is for the business and you know if you have the confidence to stay open during a time like this like the, the bar's raised where i expect more from brands who are staying open to make sure that we're meeting needs even in in these crazy times um so I think with solutions like route that, you know, for the ways we described it, allow you to automate that communication, um, but be very proactive in, in, communicating, in communicating to customers what's going on with their stuff from the time they buy it. I think that will stick around. And, you know, back to the beginning of our conversation, I think um, the need for brands to proactively communicate everything else about their brand in the same way uh, will, will also no, stick for around. Sure. All right. Well, all that was great. Thank you so much for, you know, the conversation. I'm really glad that you and Route are all thinking about how brands and the consumers currently make it through this, you know, global situation. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, we, we feel like it's, uh, it's a defining time for companies and uh, we look forward to seeing, uh, you know, who's, who's able to make the most of it. And I think ultimately that's going to come back to who does a, a better job taking care of their customers and, and their own people through all of this. So, yep. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.